Mediocre Hobbies Podcast, Episode 4, Traveling Circus. But speaking of things I am keen on uh, and not keen on is brush care. So uh, talk to me. Tell me how you look after these, like, 70-pound pack of brushes. Like, what, what is it that you do when you're... When you're so finished with them, you know, what, what's your process? Okay, so there are two stages to cleaning these brushes. One is after you use it, you do this. And I'll talk about what that is in a minute. Cool. And then it's like, okay, every two months or three months of excessive use, when they, they're getting a bit tired, you do this thing, and this brings them back to like a much more extensive thing. Okay. So. The first one, so after, after every time you use them, it's the same process as uh, as kind of like using them. You're not supposed to, like, you don't dunk the whole brush in a pot of water. That's mm-hmm. not what you do um, ever with these brushes, like when you're doing the like light cleaning, because you you're like pushing paint up into the barrels and up into the main bit and all that kind of jazz. You literally scrape off on the texture pad the majority, any leftover paint that's on it. Okay. And then you you touch the brush off some water. Like don't don't get in just a little tip, and then you use that texture, the moistening sponge, and then you scrub it around inside until it removes the rest of the paint, and then you scrape it off on the texture pad, salt of water, scrape it around, scrape it on the texture pad, so on and so forth until when you're scraping it on the texture pad, no paint comes off. And the bristles may be stained. You may have like you use a bunch of red all day, and you did that process. The end of the bristles are still going to be a little bit red, but that yeah, doesn't mean it's going to do anything. Like that's still clean. Um, and that's it. That's all you do. So, like, I haven't done the serious phase yet where I go into the mega cleaning of it. I've only done that, and the brushes are still in perfect condition. Um, and as you can see, the stippling technique is quite a rough thing to do with a brush, especially a brush mm-hmm. that's expensive. It feels like, oh, my God, I'm wrecking these brushes. But it's it's not. I haven't had them being wrecked or frayed or anything like that. I'm very happy with the condition of them so far. Now, the next step is, if you do get to a point where you're like, these brushes are tired, you need to give them some TLC. There's a whole process for like brush shampoo and cleaning and like moistening. Like there's a whole thing like moisturizing them again to get them back into a beautiful condition. You can buy like a pack from their their web, website again, and which is supposed to be bought the whole pack once. It would do you forever kind of thing. You know what I mean? Sure. And the pack isn't just for those brushes. They're for brush care on any hard soapers brushes or any yep. other brushes. So it's a pretty good thing. The whole idea behind moisturizing and conditioning your bristles suddenly makes a lot of sense when, when they go through it. But it's once again, one of those things where it was a video on Byron's channel that I watched, I'm like, all right, what's brush care on these things? Went through the standard cleaning, which I do now. And um, I don't have the stuff to do the like proper cleaning of that yet. Cool. Um, but so many people have asked me, you know, will you do a video on how to clean them? And it, when I get to that point, it's a bit weird. Like, like if they want to send me a, a pack of the cleaning stuff out and they want me to do a video on it, that's fine. But I've just been telling people like the videos on Byron's channel right there. Like what's the point in me copying his video on his product, on his thing? It's like it's right there. Go and watch that video and show you much better than I can show you how to. Uh, but it's yeah, it's just one of those things you have to consider. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like when what? you when you spend seventy five pounds on four or five brushes, like that's that's what you got to do, right? You got to take care of them. Yeah, you do, absolutely. If you like it's a whole they're only worth it if you're going to take care of them to get two two three years of use out of them yeah um, then you might replace one or two of them if they are really tired but 
if you're going to just do two projects and you're like, they're wrecked, they're stupid. I'm like, no, you wrecked them. You're stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to do research on them. Yeah, like, what? Yeah, that's, that's one of my pet peeves. People tell me something doesn't work and I'm like, did you look up how it works? No, well, then it's your problem. It's not anyone mm -hmm. else's problem. Yeah. You, you didn't do the research. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> in terms of like regular brushes, do you do anything yeah. special with your medium brushes? Like, or, you know, what's your... Uh, What's your brush care for normal a, brushes? A pot of brush soap that I bought in our hobby shop. It's in a beige yep. little container. It looks like hair gel, that kind of container. You scrub the top and you just moisten the brush, like dip it in water, and then you swirl it around in the soap. And obviously the soap then starts to froth up. Mm -hmm. And it yeah, cleans out all the old gunky paint and stuff. You give it a rinse in water and pull it back to a tip, let it dry, and there you go. It's a perfect brush again. This stuff is magic. Uh, I'm on my second pot of it ever, so it lasts forever. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the brand. Uh, I mean, there's 550 different um, brush soaps, so yeah. I don't think brand is necessarily important, it's, but this uh, is just interesting that it's used. The Masters Brush Cleaner and Preserver. Cleans oil paints, watercolors, acrylics, and stains. Um, I think this thing cost me like 14 quid or whatever, and like I said, it, it does the job. Last is the original B and J specially prepared. I don't know whether the Masters is the brand, the Masters brush cleaner. Maybe it is the Masters, um, but it's amazing. For all you're into golf out there, I don't think they're connected to the Golf Masters, but um, worth mentioning. Maybe they clean their tees with it. I don't know. Maybe so. Who? I mean, you've got to do something, right? Moisturize the leather and grips again, or the rubber and the grips again. <laughs> it was just. It's just one of those things because. Like I said, I go through a lot of brushes. Yeah, and you don't, and you do. You do a lot of painting, so. Yeah, I don't go through. I go through dry brushes. They can dry. I always sure. have dry brushes as a disposable brush. Mm. And there's like the, the the act of dry brushing is so damaging to the brush that uh, it does dent. Like they tend even when you like take care and not painting them, they tend mm -hmm. to like mushroom out, and then they're just kind of like annoying to use and stuff. Yep. Um. So that's why it's all important to learn how to take care of the other ones. And um, it's all about you like going in one direction, not going back and forth, because the back and forth is where you're bending and the, the business back and forth. It's not what you want to do. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Like brush care is, it's, I don't think it's as complicated as people make it seem. Like the whole idea with the brush, so that once again falls into the remit of if your brush is getting tired after three or four weeks of use. Like you bought a pot of this brush cleaner and all those medium extra, medium artifacts of brushes that you've been using that you think are wrecked. Yep. You probably bring 60% of them back to life and be completely useful, beautiful brushes again. That is a project I'm going to do in the next few weeks. Yeah, because like I said, the pot costs you 14 euro. Each of those brushes is 22. If you bring back one of them, you've made your money back. <laughs> 100%. And I think the, the thing is, it's, I don't even know how to, it's one of those things that it's not like I'm afraid to do it. Like I've spent a lot more money on a lot less reward from a hobby. So I can spend, yeah. I can spend some money on, you know, brush cleaner and it'll be a good investment. Yeah. I think the, the thing for me is not having someone who I know well who does it um, and then just tells me, yeah, no, it's really easy. Just do this and it's fine. I think there's a lot yeah. of us in the hobby that, you know, you don't necessarily have that access. Um, and actually the, the next thing I want to talk to you about really briefly is your weathering powder. Uh, because again... Yeah. The first thing I ever weathered was um, that Spartan, the for yeah. the iron, and gorgeous. 
really interesting. It's a really interesting thing to do because, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're literally just throwing stuff on top of a model and hoping that it's fine. Um, yeah. But I've become really comfortable with it now. And it was literally, I'd never done it before. It knew how to do it because I've watched things, but actually doing it's different. So talk to me a little yeah. bit about the rust, the Humbrol rust powder that you have. Um, why did you choose that one in particular? And maybe it's just because you had one that was the one you were using and everything else and you picked that first because you like the color. But like, talk to me about, about your, your choice and what your technique is for it because just, just so you've explained it out loud how, how to use like a pigment powder. So why I chose the Humber All Pigment Powder is access. Like you, you don't want to wait for things. You don't want to order things from online. Yep. It take two weeks to like, then that's not for you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to Mark's Models, which is a yep, an amazing 100%. model shop in Dublin City. It's been there for, I don't know, how many years now? Um, um, and the picking powders that they had were the Umbral ones. They were there on the shelf. And I picked up a light rust one and a dark rust one. And they were I picked up those two because I was in the middle of my Krieg project. Yep. And they were going to be perfect for weathering the bases and doing all the track work and all the tanks. Like these guys are in, like I said, World War One kind of style war. It's all trenches, it's all dirt, it's all mud, it's all dust. Nothing is clean. And I wanted that to reflect in in what I was doing. So mm-hmm. um, I was like, how do I do this? Weathering powder seems to be a good way to go. So I got some weathering powders and I gave it a test and I absolutely adored the result. Like if you look at one of my creek tanks before I apply the dust, it's quite a boring scheme. That's why I put those big elaborate dozer blades on them with the chevrons and all the transfers because mm-hmm. really it is. It's just a dark blue scheme and yeah, it's not very exciting. And time tank paint jobs in general tend to not be very exciting. And I think the weathering powder just adds something a little bit special to jobs like that. Um, so I got them. I tested it. I fell in love. And I've used like 5% of each tub. And I, so I haven't got anything else yet. I'm dying to get my hands on other brands of weathering patterns. Yeah, but like these two colors have worked amazingly for me. And um, one of my least favorite things in the whole world of paint are tank tracks. And now all I have to do is go silver weathering powder. Yep, hundred percent. They don't. They look. They look absolutely phenomenal. They look exactly like tank tracks are going to. If you look at a, you know, Abrams driving around Baghdad or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see steel tracks. You're not going to see no. the black rubber that a lot of them are these days. It's just dirt and dust. Is that's what they're going to be? It's the color of the sand around them, or the color of the road, or and um, like war debris. Nothing is clean anymore. Like you set up one bomb in a ten-kilometer radius, and there's going to be dust on everything. So, yeah, love it. I'm going to continue to add it to certain things. It, like it's not going to hit Eldar Falcons or Dark Eldar Raiders or whatever. I don't think pigment powders are going to hit stuff like that. It's not going to appear on my custodies projects because they polish armor methodically at every stage. But every guard army that I do is going to have it. A lot of marine armies are going to have it. I think it's going to add, add it to some of my Tau stuff because like I've got the desert theme, the Martian kind of bases and stuff. I think some of the pigment powders on them, it's really going to add something to it. So Martian, like all the Mars stuff from my Mechanicum army, a bit of dust on that, it's going to look great. So yeah, big fan. Awesome. Um, no, it's it's something that I had seen hundreds and thousands of times and thought, yeah, that's cool. And then actually applying it is as easy as it looks like. You literally just pop in the pot and just stab it onto your model, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. And like the thing about it is, is you're supposed to fix it on afterwards. All these other tutorials. That was my next. This. That was my next question. So go ahead. Yeah, I don't do that because I did it on my Gorgon. So I I got my Gorgon for my Krieg. I wanted a Gorgon ever since. 
there for Solon many, many years ago. And then they mm -hmm. disappeared for like a decade off the website. I think. Yeah. And then they got brought back. So I ordered one immediately and I'd sit there and pride a place. Um, um, and I did all the painting and it was a thing. It was a short actually built, horrible because it's an old model that the yep. molds are horrible. Nothing lines up, nothing about it. But, you know, experience, hobby, stop playing, get it done. So I got built and did a paint job, got some beautiful transfers on it. And then I put the weathering powder on. I was like, oh, this is awesome. But I hear you're supposed to fix it. So I got some Minotaurum varnish, which just yep. you know, sprayed a coat of varnish. And I hated the look of weathering powder that had been varnished. It had basically activated like the pigment there. So it became a paint. So it okay. doesn't look like a powder on vehicle anymore. It looks like I'd stabbed some brown paint all over it. So I'm interestingly, like, oh, I've been told that what you're supposed to do to fix it is hairspray. Yeah. So, uh, the glorious golden chin um, has yep. now been playing around with weathering powder because you think, and he got a bottle of AK something or other. I'll have to find out exactly what it is. Sure. And he's been using that to hold powder on his models and it has a much better result. So that's the, the next piece of thing that I'm going to try out, whatever that bottle is, I'm going to try that to attach it. Now, I haven't had a lot of problems with it coming off. But having said that, there are my cabinets to my right. They go from there to my gaming table, which is four feet from my cabinets. I don't put them in cases. I don't rattle them around gaming conventions or halls or have to get them on mm -hmm. a poster or anything. So I'm not saying it's not going to fall off on you. It's not going to be a nightmare for you. You're not going to. And the problem with it is, is it is just pure pigment. So sure, if you yeah. get it, you get it on the end of your finger and you're sweating, you activate it, you rub it in your clothes. And whoever's washing your clothes is going to be so annoyed because that stain ain't coming out. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I know. AK Interactive do a huge range of, I think it's alcohol-based. Uh, yeah. So it's basically just weathering powder in alcohol. And so the alcohol evaporates and sets it in place, but it is just dust at the end of it. So That sounds amazing. And it's yeah. 450 for a pot, but you know, you know how long weathering uh, powder lasts. Yeah. So it's pretty good. I'm I'm so curious by the company AK because they seem like a dark horse. Like oh, they they're crazy. Stuff. They do everything. They do everything. But like I yeah. was watching a bunch of like really top level YouTube like people painting. Okay, mm -hmm. and when it gets to the point where they're like, okay, I'm doing this color from this company. I'm doing this color from this company because they're trying to achieve something specific. Yep. And then it's like, okay, now I just need some blues and greens, and AK paints come out. Yep. It's like when when they just have to choose for themselves. I want a nice blue and I want a nice green. They take AK paints. And I'm like, wait a minute, what am I missing here? Are AK paints really that good? What what do I not know? <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know. I've not used much of their paints, but their their effect stuff is quality. Um yeah. every time I look at like a tutorial online for whenever I want to do new bases, I always like watch people who do World War II or whatever with like little pickup yeah. Jeeps and stuff, because they do proper dioramas. Yeah. And the AK stuff is just madness. And the AK actual, like the AK YouTube channel as well, just unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Um, they, if I'm thinking of the right brand, I am. They do a huge 100 mil tub of earth, as they call it. Uh, there's loads of different types of like terrain and, you know, whatever. But they're basically like the GW basing. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. 100 mil rather than 24 mil. And it's yeah. 7 euro for 100 mil. Yeah. I literally have that same point about thinking about AK. in Because like, yeah. now that I don't work in Games Workshop. Sure, you can do I don't, like, not just that, but the idea of like, <laughs> I don't get half off. I don't get a positive contrast or whatever for three quid or whatever. So like, I love Martian Iron Crust. 
an yeah, ungodly amount. I absolutely adore it. And I'm doing armies with it. Which means I've gone through pot after pot after pot. I need 20 miles. It's so expensive. 20 miles. It's so expensive. Like, it is. If you're doing, doing a competition piece, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, honestly, I can't justify doing. Like, I've got my Black Templars that are on it. I've got my Tau that are on it. I've got my Eldar that are on it. And I'm just like, if, and I've got all so many more models to do for each of them. And I'm like, I've got like three pots left. And that's not doing three, like three pots is doing one of the projects, let alone all yeah. of them. So I have been looking at the same thing because like I did the Marco Frizzoni class. Yeah. I did one of his classes and amazing class, amazing guy. Um, and then it was like, okay, guys, I got all my texture stuff. You want to add some bases to your stuff now? And he opened up his bag and it was just those AK tubs, like 15, mm-hmm. 16 different types. And I was like, oh my God. And that's why so I got to use do. them. Vallejo also do large tubs as well. Uh, there's more in them for slightly more money, but they're real good. I've got to try them all. It's got to be a whole other series of videos now. Like, seriously, reach out. These guys will probably send you some stuff, but these basing things are quality. Like, absolutely yeah. quality. The, the only one of the AK ones I've used, because I've used the Vallejo ones normally, yeah. um, they do like a... Right, so I'll send you some photos later on. Yeah. I wanted to do some uh what are they called the new oryx that came out with the dominion box the uh not cruel boys uh swamp boys yes. um... no no cruel boys cruel boys is correct so i wanted to do cruel boys but i wanted to do something different right and they're supposed to be from the swamps yeah. so i bought some sunken bases from green stuff yeah. yep so uh, absolutely incredible thing yeah uh it's literally just like a 32 mil base with the middle of it pushed down so yeah. it's just got a little bit of a, a lip on it. I went and I got some uh, piece of wood, kind of put some wood in there, you know, made it nice and yeah. like Swampy. watery and wet and yep. And then just used one of the uh, water effects for these guys. So finished the model, put the model in the base and then filled it up with the thing. Looks like he's walking literally up to his ankles in a marsh. Quality Perfect. stuff. Yeah. So easy. So easy. I wanted but to they, do that exact same thing for the oh, new Warcry gang. Yeah. Where, you know, like they're on like stilts to be yes, out of the water. Exactly. So I want, oh, I think, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. No, no, not at all. I love it. It's, that's, that's exactly the point. It's like, it's to give that little bit of, little bit of yeah. difference, right? Yeah. But they're, um, they've got like a swamp effect gel, um, which I've also used on a great unclean one base. And it is just that like putrid green swampy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, you can thin it out with a little bit of like transparent water effect. It's just, yeah. it's just brilliant. And like, it's like any other tool. If you don't know how to use it, it's bad. But when you figure yes. it out and you look at it, and like these are, if you've ever done water effect before, there's lots and lots of like putting on a couple of milliliters, yeah. letting it dry. Milliliters. This is not. This just goes on. It's done. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm telling you, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. I mean, there's some great videos online of like guys who have like, uh, what is it? One one eight hundredth of an american battleship you know and they're like oh yeah they paint the blue and then they go in and they paint where the waves are and then they're putting on the different water textures and stuff around it just from these pots they're literally just spreading it letting it dry and then doing the next one absolutely quality i love all those dioramas and they're like my favorite one is like using the snow effect for the tops of rapids and i know when they put the gel on and do a bit of the airbrushing with no paint in it just to spread to make the like wrinkles on the water and stuff ripples on the water it's so good yep it's many an evening to just watching these being made. <laughs> I'm telling you, get, get on to AK, get them to send you some of this stuff because it will change your life. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, okay, you're listening. I know you're listening. Sort 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 me out here. We got we got we got to talk here. I like your um breadboard. Yeah. How long did it take you to cut the plastic down to size? Not bad at all. I use a little tiny games workshop hobby saw. Mm-hmm. You know that one? I do. And it it just blended through it. Like it was kind of scary how well that thing cuts. Um, the like like the way it's designed. I sent you a picture on Instagram there of the where I'm at right now, what I'm doing for the day, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, it's a it's a monster thing. So that's my two videos this week. Wednesday is the video where I want to put up me building the entire thing. Yep. And the Saturday video is me painting the entire thing. I think it's class. I think it's great, especially with what they've shown off today for the Space Hulk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this will be my video for the Turbo Dork paints. Mm-hmm. So all those crazy fluorescent, like metallic sheen paints. So that's why I'm doing the whole like cyberpunk theme. Nice. Just be a great canvas for that, I think. Thank you.